had to try to prepare for him because he, he had unique skills. Just go get the quarterback. I felt sorry for some of those poor tackles that came in and had to go against him because they didn't realize what they were getting themselves into. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Lights out. Back in the cornerback, it's just like uh, like you like you devastate a city or you cream or you cream a multitude of people. I mean, it's just like like you put all the offensive players in one bag, and I just take a baseball bat and beat on the bag. So each time he came over there, I tried to tear his damn head off. Let's play some football. Let's play some football. The pressure is on. This is Off the Edge on Tide 100.9. Focus on what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. Think about that. Don't think about how you feel, how tired you are, how hot it is. You got to push yourselves on the field when you're playing football. It's my honor to present the national championship trophy to Coach Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. To me, this is the ultimate team. All these guys bought into everything they needed to do to be the best players that they could be. There's more togetherness on this team than almost any team that we've ever had. And they had to overcome and persevere so much adversity through this season. And they've done it magnificently. And I'm so proud of this group for what they've been able to accomplish in going undefeated and winning the national championship. Streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the Tide 100.9 app. Here is your host of Off the Edge, Jacob Harrison. Good morning, welcome in to Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Side Sports. Jacob Harrison here with you, digital managing editor of Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa, Joe Gaither, brand manager of Tide 100.9, J.R. Moore behind the glass, Will Miller still hanging out with us as well. What did you think of Will Miller's voice earlier? Will's got a a fantastic voice. He had a a call, I don't know if uh, Hardy told him or not, but he had a caller call in and actually uh, give him some props for, for his radio voice. Are, are you throwing your voice at all, Will, or is that is that just the natural, the natural diaphragms and vocal cords there? Nothing, nothing else to it. This is my voice. There you go. That's what makes it easy. That's what makes it easy. When when you try when you try to pull up that Walter Cronkite, that's when everybody's like, oh, I don't know. That's when you got it easy. I don't know what you're talking about, folks. I mean, this is just <laughs> what I sound like. This is the news. Now, our weird week of Tide 100.9 content will continue today. Plenty for us to get into, and uh, more of it sports-related today than it was uh, yesterday. But yesterday was a lot of fun, so I I hold no regrets. If you missed any of that, it's on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, the the podcast center on Tide109.com, and everywhere else under the sun. Where I want to start is with a clip from Josh Pate. Now, I praise Josh Pate on this show 
all the time. Love Josh Pate. His content is incredible. He's one of the best in the business at the time. Even before, you know, this meteoric rise that has happened so recently for him. But he said something about Urban Meyer that is... is, Frustrating is probably the right word to describe it. Frustrating. Because he's not wrong in a lot of what he says. But man, I really wish he was. Urban Meyer. No, thank you. No, thank you. The possibility that Urban Meyer could come back to college football. So JR, Will, we're ready for this clip from uh, Josh Pate. Listen to what Josh has to say. Decide for yourself and we'll discuss it on the other side. Here's Josh Pate talking about Urban Meyer Urban Liar. and his eventual return to college football. There is no doubt in my mind Urban Meyer is going to be a college football head coach again one day. I don't know what year that is, but I don't think it's too far away. They said, well, he's going to have to repair and rehabilitate his image. From who? Or, or, or for who? He's not running for public office. Sometimes I think we conflate these two things. If you're a college football coach, you have to appeal to one group of people. And that's the group that's going to hire you and your fan base. It doesn't matter if the rest of the world despises you. you got to be able to appeal to your people and you got to be able to sell your program to recruits. And if you can do that, it doesn't matter. You think Jimbo Fisher cares that you hate him in Tuscaloosa, Alabama right now? No, he's not worrying about repairing his image for people elsewhere. He's worried about the folks in College Station, and he's worried about four- and five-star recruits. And if they believe in you and they're buying what you're selling, it doesn't matter what the rest of the country thinks. So I'm telling you, I haven't missed any headline. I've seen and read the same things you have about Urban Meyer. And if he was running for public office, it'd be a problem. But he wants to be a college football head coach again, I think. And if he wants to be that, he's going to be that. I don't think it's necessary for him to, to have to reprove himself. And I'm just speaking as someone who hypothetically runs a Power 5 program, which we are at Pate State. He doesn't have to reprove anything to me. And he doesn't have to be likable. He just has to be able to do the same things that he was doing beforehand. And... Here's the added bonus. Maybe he even learned a thing or two. Maybe he even redefined a way to do a thing or two. So maybe I get a better version of him. There's Josh Pay. Ew. And here's here's the funny thing about a lot of what he said. I didn't notice this earlier. If Urban Meyer was running for public office, you could say the exact same things and just put college football head coach in the public office spots and it would read exactly the same because I we all know what it's like to vote (laughs) these days nobody has to repair their images uh everything kind of is what it is but the the fact remains Josh Pate is not totally wrong Urban Meyer doesn't have to repair his image to be a head coach in college football again Urban Meyer doesn't have to prove that that he's a saint any longer he doesn't have to do anything except say the words i want to come back to college football and some program out there think of the most desperate programs out there right now 
Because I can think of Florida State. I can think of Miami. I could think of North Carolina. I could think of UCLA, Oregon. I could think of a lot of programs. Give me some time. That are that would be desperate enough to pay top dollar for Urban Meyer to bring them back to relevancy. He hasn't worn, he he hasn't soiled his reputation too far that you like. Okay, let's think about his scandals. You have. You have his time at Florida, where literally, oh, like, what's the percentage now of the, of those players who have been arrested and, uh, and gotten in trouble? I mean, yes, T- Tim Tebow, Halo in the huddle covers all sins, but <laughs> like, you've got a lot of criminals on that team, objectively speaking, uh, and king among them, a murderer. Yes. Yeah. All right. So you go to Ohio State. Uh, you, you go to Ohio State, and you're basically he was. He was head coach. No, that was a uh, Trestle was head coach when, with the, with the tattoo scandal. Yeah. But he goes to Ohio State. What's the scandal? He he has the uh, he has the assistant coach who's beating on his wife yeah. and ba- that he's basically covering for over the course of his co- career. There was a second scandal. There was a, a player that cr- that that claimed that he was using racist tactics uh, and some narcissistic tactics as well in leadership, basically. Uh, played a video like at the beginning of the the year, like you're not going to do any of these stereotypical things. You're not going to, you know, everything is strict and I'm the dictator here kind of sort of things. When he got to Jacksonville, that's when he hired a strength and conditioning coach that had a racist background, kicked a player, didn't uh, bench one of the, the franchise's best players after one fumble uh, and basically lost the game because the team couldn't run the ball anymore. Uh, and, and the biggest crime of all, to be honest, he wasted Trevor Lawrence's first season in the NFL. Also drafted Travis Etienne in the first round, despite having a franchise, uh, solution at the position and then wanted to play Travis Etienne at running back, or excuse me, at wide receiver until unfortunately Etienne tore his Achilles. All of that is bad. All of that is horrendous. And there's nobody in Tuscaloosa that would ever root for Urban Meyer to be Nick Saban's replacement tomorrow or 10 years from now or 15. But to kind of take a step back, who are the kind of people that are actually like outlawed from ever being a head coach in in college football ever again? Art Bryles. And what Art Bryles did Leagues away from what Urban Meyer has done. Is it leagues? I think so. I'm going to agree with Joe here. I don't know if it's leagues. Uh, I think they're in the same conference, man. Do you think? Yes. I think they're pretty pretty darn similar. Sacrificing all morals to win. is. I mean, under that same umbrella. No, I agree with that. Breaking the laws, breaking ethics that you wouldn't agree with people doing to your own family members. Like, that's that's pretty bad. No, I agree with that. Uh I will say, with Art Bryles, it was a culture thing, right? You can compare it to what hap- what's happened at LSU, right? I don't know that I would want to hire Ed Orgeron if I was anybody else because of the culture problem that, that began to exist. You can say a similar thing about Florida with all those players, but, I mean, he was at Florida for a lot longer than one year. <laughs> you know, the the one year where all of the star players came to play and then all those star players, when they got in the NFL – 
save for the Pouncy twins, who I think just have some sort of diplomatic immunity, to be honest. I love Marquise Pouncy, but the things that they support are terrifying. Uh, so, you know, you, you, you can't. Do you do you blame the sins of the 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 sons on the sins of the father? So if Urban Meyer is Urban Meyer ultimately responsible for the sins of Riley Cooper, Aaron Hernandez, uh the Pouncy brothers, Percy Harvin, Percy Harvin, any of these guys? I don't think so cuz he's no more responsible for their actions than he is for Tim Tebow, right? Cuz if you're going to give him credit for all the bad things that happen, then you're going to be like, "Well, he gets the credit for Tim Tebow and all his great actions. I mean, no, I'm not going to necessarily not... give him credit for the crimes, but I am going to give him credit for how he responded and wanted them on the field more than he wanted them punished or wanted them. Oh yeah, no, I agree. Held with that. accountable. He wanted them to play football more than he wanted them held accountable. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. Most of these guys got in trouble when they got in the NFL, so he didn't do a good job of raising young men like Nick Saban does. Not that Saban hasn't had his own players get in the NFL and getting in trouble. I mean, I'm not going to act like Henry Ruggs didn't happen earlier this year and and Rolando McClain's career didn't go the way it went. Not Reuben Foster's career go, goes the way it went. I'm not, Saban's not perfect, but he's got way more players in the NFL. Way more room for error. Uh, but when it comes to, or I can't, I can't necessarily fault him necessarily for everything that happened at Florida. I can't necessarily fault him uh, for the allegations of one player on how he runs his program because that was refuted by a lot of other Ohio State players. Out of fear, out of money, I don't know. I bet that Jacksonville punter that uh, said that he got kicked would corroborate that, that story, though. That, I would agree That's pretty recent. Everything that happened in Jacksonville, that's all on Urban, right? Like, that... That article didn't didn't create something where <laughs> somebody else did something and it can be attributed back to the personality of Urban Meyer. It was Urban Meyer did that. Do you think that that's true, though? Or do you think Lambeau's making that up? It's no, true. he absolutely kicked him. No doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind at all that that happened. Somebody would have said, no, I was like right next to Lambeau like the whole day. What's he talking about? I mean, no. it's not like going to extend his career, going to get him a bigger contract, really. Right. I, no, I think he's done, too. I don't think he's he's even playing anymore. So, it, no, it's – I don't want Urban Meyer back in college football. Don't get me wrong. But Josh does have a point to why it would be so easy for Urban Meyer to get back into college football. He is – uh, on the scale of Art Bryles to Hugh Freeze, he's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Right? Hugh Freeze is just waiting on the SEC's approval to come back to it. That's all he's... He's he's plenty good enough at his job. He just cheated for a long time. There, and there's a difference between cheating and... You ain't and, cheating, and, you ain't trying. And supporting a culture of sexual assault. Like, there's a, there's a big, big difference in those... And somewhere in the middle is Urban Meyer. He's a scumbag. He's nasty. He he acquires way too much wealth for marginal success, to be honest. I mean, he's won a couple of national championships, don't get me wrong, but he's not overly special. He's not overly dynamic in, in his play calls and in his program structure or anything like that. Success follows him because he has power. So... We're close to Father's Day. I know you're a father. I am not a father. I want to ask you this question. It may be kind of off the rails, but as a father, as a parent, would you let your kid play for Urban Meyer? Yeah, no. Hell no. But you brought this up when we were kind of mentioning that uh, before the show started. 
When you're 18, I'm not Nalu Tungavaloa. <laughs> right? I can tell my kids, hey, you've got a scholarship to go to, to UA because I graduated there. You still go wherever you want. You're your own person at 18 years old, right? Like, I'm, I'm a functionally reasonable person when it comes to things like that, right? Make your own life decisions, make your own failures, and, and succeed on the back end of them, right? But it would be difficult, I think, for most parents to feel comfortable about their child playing for Urban Meyer. But when Urban gets back into college football and he puts up an 11-win season year one, no matter where he's at, because you know he would, that all goes away. Oh, we're so close to winning a natty. Come come here. And then NIL on top of it? Come on. Come on. Yeah, it, it got to it. I <laughs> kind of forgot about that point. It got we've we're here in a day and age where the parent support where oh we're not gonna give you money to go get a TV or a two thousand four Toyota Corolla. We're not gonna give you that kind of money to help you out if you go play with Urban Meyer. That doesn't really help out anymore, especially for no. a big time player who has NIL money. You're like, Mom, Dad, I don't care who you want me to go play for. I'm going to go get that money. Exactly. Exactly. So it's not that I like it, but it's the same thing. Like, like I think Josh used a horrendous uh, example to, to compare this to, because if Urban Meyer was running for public office, it would be exactly the same. It does not matter because people are going to vote what matters to them. And what matters in the world of football, like it or not, is winning. And what Urban Meyer does do is win. I hate it. You hate it. It is what it is, though. So where's he going to go? Oh, I have no idea. I, I Think of the most desperate programs across the country. I, I, I said Florida State earlier, Miami, Oregon. But you also have to look a couple of years down the road. Is UCLA still going to be in love with Chip Kelly three or four years from now? Is Texas... I'm thinking like a mid-major program. Like... What, about, what if he goes back to Bowling Green? No, there's no Bowling Green. There's nothing that small. What about, like, I, I do think it's not going to be as big of a program as we would think. Like, maybe, what about, like, a Pittsburgh or something like that? Something like that size. Uh, you get to, like, take over a program that's kind of been meh, and you get to take it over and make it a 10-11 win team. Yeah, well, I think uh, North Carolina kind of fits in that mold. Uh, Virginia Tech kind of fits in that mold. You do have to think about the kind of markets where he would want to be. Right. Um, and mid is not really his kind of thing. Now, something along the lines of has been there before, has climbed the mountain before, has the resources to get back there. They're just missing the opportunity to bring in these elite players. Maybe that's where Urban Meyer sits, but it's not, it's not Bowling Green. It's not going back to Utah. It's not, it's not. It's nothing outside of the Power Five. It's Power Five programs that are desperately trying to get back to where they want to be. So I think of Florida State. I think of Miami. I think of North Carolina. Now, for Florida State, you know, they've got their eyes long-term on Deion Sanders. So I'm not, I'm not a fool when it comes to that. But, I mean, think of all of those programs that are on the brink of destruction. Urban Meyer, Scarlet Knights, collab. Rutgers? That, oh. <laughs> I don't think he'd go back to the Big Ten, to be honest. I don't think he'd want to play against Ohio. Because remember, Urban Meyer is still a coward, right? None of this is in support. If you're turn tuning in, I am not in support of Urban Meyer coming back to college football, and I don't like Urban Meyer. And truth be told, I think Urban Meyer is a coward. 
He left Florida in a dismal state because he knew he wasn't going to be able to keep up with Nick Saban. He left Ohio State as a coward. He left Jacksonville as a coward. He is not quality at all, but he knows how to win in the world of college football for what it is. So I I don't think he'd go back to the Big Ten. I don't think he'd go back to the SEC. I think he would find a home in the ACC or the Pac-12, which the ACC and the Pac-12 are two conferences that are pretty easy to win in, to be honest. Uh, I think in the Pac-12, you're going to have a harder time getting a a program to deal with his crap. You know, it's... Call it what it is. It's more liberal over there. They don't want to deal with a dude that's got these kind of problems behind him. Uh, or, you know, on this side of the country, it's a little bit more, hey, let's let's just win. You don't have to like that. That is the way it is. So in North Carolina, after they realize this Mac Brown thing isn't going anywhere, Florida State, once they realize they're never going to get Deion Sanders, Miami, after the, if Mario Cristobal doesn't pan out, I don't think that's really, uh, you know, the way that that's going to go, but. There's a Virginia Tech, I think, is a is a real dark horse for something like that too. So I know you said Power Five, but this school I think just moved to a new conference. Uh, what if the Gus Bus doesn't work out and he goes to UCF? Did did they just go to the American or are they still there? No, they're going to the Big Twelve uh, in 2023. Right, right, right. Okay, so how about the that? Big Twelve is wide open for Urban Meyer, wide open. Mike Gundy falls off the horse, can't take advantage of Texas and Oklahoma getting out of there. Oklahoma State makes a ton of sense. Any of those programs are ready to take over a Power 5 program or a Power 5 conference. So who knows? We'll take a break and come back. Plenty more to talk to. We'll talk with our friend Alf next as well here on Off the Edge. Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The Chamber of Commerce of West Alabama will host the annual Celebrate Local event at the Tuscaloosa River Market Tuesday, June 21st from 11 a.m. till 7 p.m. The event is free and open to the public, featuring dozens of retailers and vendors from across West Alabama. Celebrate Local showcases a wide range of products and services. Attendees can shop for a variety of items, including clothing, jewelry, home decor, art, gifts, and more. Several restaurants will also be on hand to offer samples of their most popular entrees. Presented by Tuscaloosa tourism and sports celebrate local is a great way to learn more about what our local community has to offer as it encourages people to think local first for more info visit westalabamachamber.com tide 100.9 tuscaloosa weather very hot this afternoon partly to mostly sunny the chance of a few isolated storms through the evening hours the high today 98 the low tonight 73 Tomorrow and Sunday, the sky's sunny both days and not as humid. Highs between 92 and 95. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Follow Off the Edge on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for live streams and instant analysis. Off the Edge with Jacob Harrison continues. Back here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Jacob Harrison here, Joe Gaither there, Will Miller and J.R. Moore behind the glass helping us out. And now we're going to go out to the hotline and welcome in Alf. He can help us out too. What's going on, Alf? Man, it's it's not even a hotline right now. I mean, it is scorching out here. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's melted to the pavement, I'm sure. 
Oh my gosh. Hey, uh, okay. So let me just step back. <clears throat> I didn't know that you were a, uh, a Josh Pate guy. I am a huge fan of his and, uh, him and Clay Travis, two of the smartest people in sport sports. They need to be on the, uh, Mount Rushmore of, uh, sports at some point with, uh, you know, with you and Ryan Fowler. Uh, <laughs> That's a hell of a Mount Rushmore. I mean, you know, but, uh, Anyway, you, listen, uh, when he, when I, I heard the same thing, and when he said that, I just want to propose to our listening audience. Are you ready? Let's go. You give him two years at Fox, and you give uh, the nuts down on the plane another year or two with uh, the guy that they've got, <laughs> and you don't think uh, Yellowwood and all those guys are not going to oh want uh, Urban Myers? Wait, you know, Saban's not going to be here forever. Right. You don't think, I mean, you don't think they're going to want him in a hurry. And I've been saying that uh, since the debacle in Jacksonville. But he, is, he's, he wants back in the SEC. If he's not in the big league, he, he doesn't want to play. They're desperate enough. They're desperate enough. Remember all the big names that they had supposedly called before they settled on Mr. Boise, though? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, Yellowwood sure may have deep pockets, but. The, the fact of the matter is, is you've got to be willing to play Nick Saban for at least once a season until he dies or retires. And those might be mutually exclusive. So uh, how, how right. patient are you going to be? And I don't get the impression that Urban Meyer is a very patient person. He's never stayed at one school for very long, uh, whether it's by his own fault or, or otherwise. And not to mention, I just said it, he's a coward. He, he is... Yeah. I mean, he's worse than the lion in the Wizard of Oz movie we're going to show at Government Plaza <laughs> tomorrow night. He is right. the most cowardice head coach I've ever seen. So I, I have a hard time believing that he would ever agree to play Nick Saban at least once a year, guaranteed. Well, yeah, but I don't know how many, you know, we're not looking at uh, 20, 2022, we're looking at 2024. Right. And I don't know how much longer coach will, will be, and, you know, I, I do not want to kick him out of his, his office, by the way, but... We, we don't know how long he's going to be here. And I think a better thing would be he doesn't want to play Kirby Smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Kirby will no. be here a long time. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I still think he is so arrogant that he thinks he can take any program uh, and, and win. And I don't think, yes, he's been in a lot of con- he's a lot of places, but I don't think he'll ever jump back to the NFL again. Those players ate him a lot. Oh, no. There's and no way you go back to the NFL. No. So, uh, you know, Auburn is, you know, when they're in good shape, that's a top 20 program. And uh, they can, you know, if, if, if Saban's not here uh, after he retires, that would be a place that Urban could see himself going. I, I, that's just my opinion. I'd love to no. hear what everybody says about it. But uh, I think uh, they would definitely make the phone call and they'd probably bug the hell out of him. But I, I, I didn't even think about it, too. But you brought up the, a really good point in that is Kirby Smart. The fact that you don't just have to play Nick Saban every year you also have to play Kirby smart every year and Kirby's not going anywhere for a long 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 time yeah so if Alabama replaces Nick properly better than they did replace you know you know when they replaced the bear it's it's just as bad it's just as bad if not worse uh depending on how Alabama replaces Nick Saban because they go get Lane Kiffin or whoever the hot shot guy is at the time or if uh if Pete Golding is groomed properly to be the guy, it's just, I know it scares the hell out of a lot of people. I mean, it's, oh my god, it, it's Ugh. 
it's going to be worse for whoever takes that Auburn job. And then you add in Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma is going to stay S tier. Texas is going to keep fighting to be back up there. It It's not going to get – the job is not going to be any more appealing than it was when they had to – when they had to fill the job uh, two off seasons ago, right? It, it's- well, let, 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 me, let me say one more thing before I get out of here. You, you remember watching, uh, you know, like Saturday morning cartoons and two of the, the, you know, you'd always have that constant villain. And then every every once in a while, you'd have two villains get together to try to overthrow the super friends or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was it. Auburn and Urban Meyer. I mean, <laughs> can you just imagine? Oh, anyway, great show, man. Love the show. Keep it up, buddy. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Al. I, I, Auburn Auburn would want that bad. Oh, yeah. There's no way they could pull it off, though. You don't think? No. I, Is it because of Urban's cowardice? I, well, I don't. Yeah, I, I think it has a lot to do with Urban's cowardice. Because money's not the factor. No, not at all. But I think of all the big names that they called before they, they settled on well, nobody wants, to play, nobody wants to play in Nick Saban's backyard. Right. And I wouldn't either. No, I can't blame I mean, any of them. You, but. you could call me the second best coach in America, and I probably wouldn't want to go there. I mean, at least Kirby knows he doesn't have to play him every season. You know, I And mean, when they play, he knows most likely it's for championship stuff. Right. It's for real stuff. Like, there's no, there's no regular season ending, you know, that could derail his championship hopes. Yeah, you could beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl. And Alabama still won the national championship. Oh, we've seen that. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, is there anything more demoralizing on planet Earth? I mean, that, that's why, you know, Hunter Johnson names his favorite national championship what he does. So it, it's it's now, a lose-lose situation for anybody that takes that job until Nick Saban retires and they see who they replace him with. <laughs> no, maybe, thank you. Maybe he considers it once the SEC decides how they're going to structure their schedule and who the permanent opponents are going to be. Because if you're Auburn and you have Georgia and Alabama as your permanent, because that's, that's the, that's the biggest problem is that they've, they've got now, I mean, Alabama, one thing monster on one side, but you also have to play Georgia. And we remember Gus Malzahn complaining about, Oh, we have we got to change the schedule up. Cause Put we got to play them back to back. Right, right, right. So maybe if they can get one of those teams off their permanent schedule, but I don't know. If, 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 if I'm the SEC and I'm making three permanents, which is kind of what we've been hearing, Auburn, I'm sorry, you're playing Alabama and Georgia and someone LSU. else. Yeah, LSU. That, that's always going to be their top three rivals. So, like, you're, you're the little brother in every single one of those matchups. <laughs> it's sad. I mean, hope they, you, you hope, have no hope. Hope they enjoy their baseball weekend. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy baseball and basketball because that's all you're going to have for a long time. Walt Maddox <laughs> is cheering for you. <laughs> At least you have the mayor on your side. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break and we come back. More to the conversation, 205-342-9904. If you want to join the show, you're more than welcome here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. More. We aren't going anywhere. Off the Edge is available in the podcast center on Tide100.9.com. At the end. Back here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home 
for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Jacob Harrison here with you. Joe Gaither as well. Will Miller and J.R. Moore behind the glass pushing all the right buttons. We'll head back out to the scorching line, as Alf called it, the hotline, and talk with our friend Max in Tupelo. Max, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Jacob. How's it going, man? It's good to talk to you today. Doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm burning my ass up, though. It's hot. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I wanted to say, uh, man, your show is great, dude. Your content's great. The energy's awesome. My interest level just goes up a bit when you come on. Uh, you're right, running neck and neck with Ryan, dude. They got to find a way to get you some more minutes on the radio, brother. <laughs> I appreciate it, Max. I mean, I, I enjoy the other shows, too, but, you know, and I know the content, you know, is for some people, but they got to talking about golf and all that. It, it loses me. <laughs> Joe's still I'll sitting right here, you know. Do what? I said Joe's still sitting right here watching golf, too. <laughs> well, I, I love Joe to pieces, man, but, you know, I kind of fall off the, on the interest level with that, but that's just mine. You know, I know some people enjoy it, but anyway, I uh, just wanted to say I enjoy your content every day, man. Thank you. I appreciate it a whole bunch, Max. Yeah. So what, what's on the agenda today, man? Uh, we, we were just talking about Urban Meyer because uh, Josh Pate on his show had said something to the effect that if if and when Urban wants to come back to college football, he's not going to have really any any problems with doing that. Basically saying that you know he's not a public official. He doesn't have to change the minds of the mass public. He's just got to change the minds of one program and one fan base to believe he can get them back on track to win. Uh, which I think was a, a bad analogy because a public official doesn't have to sway public opinion on themselves either. They just have to have money. But uh, <laughs> Alf came in and said, "Well, if we're looking at potential places for him to go, how about Auburn?" And I think I think Urban's a little bit too much of a coward to go to Auburn. He's scared. And I don't mean scared, he's scared. <laughs> ain't no way up there, bro. Ain't no way. I mean, Saban done ran him out of SEC one time already anyway. Uh, and the, the, the reasons you just mentioned, he's got to play Georgia and Auburn no matter what. I mean, uh, Georgia and Alabama no matter what every year. Uh, no. And LSU, no, he's not taking that. No. Uh, I could see him taking something like a – you know, a USC job or an Oregon job or something like that somewhere out West. I think Oregon makes a lot of sense for him, but I do wonder if, you know, the, the more liberal culture of the West coast, the PAC 12 would make it a little bit more difficult considering what his kind of allegations have the West been coast is liberal a little bit, <laughs> but I mean like the, the, the abusive nature, you know, the kick in the player, the, the trouble that, that his athletes have gotten in, in the past, uh, the, some of the allegations from from Ohio State, I think maybe those programs have a little bit harder time, whereas a program like maybe North Carolina, which has never followed the rules, would be a lot more open to, you know, because this Mac Brown thing isn't working out, and they desperately want to be kings of the ACC. They go get Urban Meyer, I think they're right back on track to be able to do that. So I think something like that makes a lot of sense for him. And he stays away from any true powerhouses if Clemson continues its downward spiral. I agree. Um, I, I do think a lot of programs will look at moral value. I mean, I, I hate to bring this up, but why has she freeze not gotten a big job yet? You know right. what I mean? Well, I moral think he specifically wants to come back to the SEC, and they keep telling him no. Yeah, I mean, moral standards matter to some of these folks. Yeah. Um, I do, however, think you know North Carolina or let's say Florida State came available. Florida State ain't never been uh, shy away from uh, uh, dirt bags. So, you know, uh, that would 
makes sense, and he would be on full a lot of players if Florida's back down there. Yeah. I think Florida State's holding out hope for one D on Sanders, but I don't think they'll ever get him, to be honest, or at least not anytime I, soon. I, I think they are, too. I don't know, man. I, I think Dion would take it, don't you? I think Dion has has a true pride in 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 what he's doing right now at, at uh, HBCU. So I, I I don't think he'll move anytime soon, to be honest. At, at least not until his son graduates. And there's you know? no pressure on him there, right? Zero pressure. Because uh, I mean, the, they didn't even make the playoffs last year, right? Last year, I, I think if they did, they got eliminated fairly early. Like they're not a powerhouse yet in FCS, and I think he he at least wants to be there while his, his son is the quarterback, and he also wants to win a championship there and do something special at an HBCU, and he's well on his way. I mean, he's got uh, he's got four and five stars committing. He just signed the number one player in the country. Like, he's not going to leave right after that. So I'm, I'm going to agree with that, but I will say that he definitely does want to be at FSU because when he's talked about it on a podcast recently, uh, getting that player from FSU, he said, well, they should have hired me. It seemed like right. he was in talks to try to go to FSU, and they just didn't respect him or his brand enough. Well, from what I understand, Peter Woods is on his list too, isn't he? Yes, he he added uh, Peter Woods added Jackson State uh, into his Final Four. Yep. The last time that he spoke publicly, though, Peter Woods basically saying that he was doing that. Um, he, I mean, his statement was as a courtesy, uh, was as respect to an HBCU. So I don't know if he's taking that seriously or not, and I, but uh, I guess we'll find out in about two or, two or three weeks. He's Roll Tide. He's got to go <laughs> hang out with, with his man, Jeremiah Alexander. Exactly. Apparently, they're like best of friends, so. Yeah, he's going to Bama. <laughs> Need both of those guys in the trenches, that's for sure. High hopes for yeah, uh, yeah. Jeremiah Alexander. Yeah, Urban wouldn't take that Auburn job. Now, Auburn would throw whatever they wanted to him, whatever he wanted at it, but I don't think he would take it, man. I just, I really don't. Because what happens if he takes it and bombs out? And, I mean, he's never coming back yeah. to coach. Well, it the only way he takes it for me is if he, is, is if he has a guarantee from Yellowwood that he has unlimited NIL money. Yeah. Hey, uh, that's a good point. If, if you can outspend that. Alabama, that's one way to beat him. <laughs> right. Good luck, though. I mean, you still have to get people to want to come to Auburn. You right. still have to develop players. You still have to get players to the NFL. All the things that Alabama actually does well that, that you know, the the haters and retractors would, would try to act like it doesn't happen, that we just hand out chargers for free, and that's how we get good players. And you still have to do the work on the backside of it. Right, keep them out of jail and don't have videos of you dancing with some 19-year-old chick. <laughs> married, you know, you got to do all that, too. Exactly. You know, you got you got to come back on the bus after after a hard loss in Tuscaloosa. You know, right, <laughs> Max. I appreciate it, buddy. Roll tide, Jacob. Roll tide. What we're gonna get to next? Do I need to take a break, Jr.? No, I'll just run this out and bump them together. Okay. What we're gonna do next is we're gonna talk about the WWE, and more specifically, its CEO. It's chairman, Mr. McMahon, Vince, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He's stepping back from his duties as the company's board investigates alleged misconduct by him. <laughs> the announcement comes after the Wall Street Journal revealed the WWE board was probing a $3 million hush payment from Vince McMahon to a female former employee over an alleged affair. Stephanie McMahon, Vince's 
legitimate daughter is going to take over as the interim chairman and CEO. And she had literally, like, less than a month ago, stepped away from the company for an extended period of time to spend that time was with like her last family. Last week, uh, it felt like last week. <laughs> is he actually coming to SmackDown tonight? He, is that real? That is very real. Wow. He is going to lead off SmackDown tonight. Don't they have live. a PR team? Yeah, that yes. doesn't seem like a good idea. Yes, this is one of like the most successful publicly traded companies in the world. This is Jimbo Fisher. I he, mean, sort of. He is, except he's going to be playing a character when he comes out there. Mm. He he is not coming out there as Vince McMahon. He is coming out as Mr. McMahon, the character. The character that feuded with Stone Cold Steve Austin in the late 90s. The character that has feuded with Hulk Hogan in the past, John Cena in the past, The Undertaker. The character, Vince McMahon. Mr. McMahon is going to lead off SmackDown tonight. And the bizarre thing about all this, besides the fact that he is going out there, like, I can't think of a worse look, truly. And and this is the same company that put on a memorial show, a two-hour memorial show for Chris Benoit <laughs> the day after uh, his passing, which they didn't have all the info yet. It was a mistake. But I can't think of a worse look than than knowing what what has possibly happened here where McMahon and uh John Laurinaitis who's uh Road Warrior or No, he was he was with uh his name was Johnny Ace. He wasn't a particularly famous wrestler. He's the Bella Twins dad, right? Stepfather. Yeah. Uh, and he, I, I know too much about all this crap. Anyway, they basically paid $3 million to a former employee to keep her quiet about an alleged affair between, uh, the two of them. Yikes. That's terrifying. I can't think of anything worse than tonight. Vince McMahon's music hitting to start off the show. No chance. That's what you got. And him walking out. No. Strutting out. The way that Vince McMahon does, flailing his arms, exaggerant, and and with the, the 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 knee pops in his step, I can't think of anything worse than him walking down the ramp like that because he's going to, he's going to do that. They're only investigating the, an alleged affair. Is that the only incident they're alleged? Because because Vince McMahon has a oh my gosh, he's got skeletons on skeletons on skeletons oh, in his you closet. Go back to the steroid can, uh, scandals. I uh like the 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 most bizarre thing. Go ahead. I was gonna Jared. say when you mentioned that he transferred the company power over to Stephanie, that was something similar that they had did during the steroid scandals. He transferred the power over to his then spouse, right? Still spouse. Still spouse. Okay, Linda sorry. McMahon, who who is a political figure in some Which respect. Sounds awfully like what the Washington Commanders have been doing for the last five years or so, <laughs> transferring the power back and forth to each other to like I don't know, get rid of the blame, I guess, or somebody taking the heat while somebody's getting the blame. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, they they've been doing this for a while. They know what they're doing. It's not it's not pretty though. No, it's not. But that, but you're right. I mean, the skeletons in the closet for Vince McMahon pile high. Uh, and but th- that's the the most bizarre thing about this. I, I don't watch wrestling like I used to at all. Not even close. I probably won't even watch SmackDown tonight. I'll probably watch replay of whatever he says right after he does on Twitter or whatever. Uh, hey, live television, not always the best idea to just put everything on social media the second after it happens. <laughs> anyway, none of this is particularly surprising to the wrestling community. 
to to folks that that love wrestling, that watch wrestling, that keep up with it, that are in the dirt sheets, that that take pride in being called a smart mark. Like there's, they don't, they're not surprised by this. When it when all this kind of came down, like uh, one of the 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 there there was some sort of sentence along the lines of Vince hasn't lived with Linda McMahon, his wife, in decades. That doesn't surprise anybody. No. The the fact that Vince McMahon would pay an employee hush money to allegedly, allegedly did this. The fact that Vince would pay a female employee hush money to have sex with him and a coworker is not surprising to anybody. He plays that character on TV sometimes, right? He, he's had numerous affair storylines with his character, uh, whether it's Sable or Trish Stratus or whoever. He's, he's done it hundreds of times, it feels like. This is the same dude that almost that that legitimately pitched a incest storyline with his daughter. Okay, he's twisted. <laughs> okay, but n- like that's the character doing stuff, but it still doesn't come off as surprising that he would do something like this. So the fact that all of this is happening, seventy-six year old man, is bizarre. And while while we're in the the process of dealing with the Deshaun Watson stuff, right? Like the, again, the same things we said about Deshaun Watson. This is the me too era. My guy, this is the era where, where folks are, are speaking up about what's happening to them and what has happened to them. And on like Joe's right. You, you investigate this. You're going to uncover a lot. You're going to uncover a lot about Vince McMahon because the wrestling business has been very, 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 very dirty for a very long time because they could they didn't look into the, the early deaths of many of, of their former athletes, uh, look into Scott Hall and the way that he was handled before his death, look into uh, Jeff Hardy. They can look into Randy Orton and the way that they kind of turned a blind eye to his substance abuse. And they don't have a monopoly anymore. They like, don't. They're not the only one that can just hold their these guys' careers over them or these ladies' careers over their heads just for ransom. They are objectively the lesser of two products right now. And sure, AEW's got its own problems right now. It, it's making some of the many mistakes that WCW made. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is a company that not two weeks ago had two of its best female superstars walk out at the stop at the top of a show. And there are, there are heavy rumors that within the past 24 hours after this news broke that they released Sasha Banks, who is one of their most prime superstars, regardless of gender and on live television after they walked out, they didn't do this to stone cold Steve Austin, who also did this by the way on live television called them out and said that they were unprofessional, said that they were the problem. They didn't do that to Stone Cold when Stone Cold didn't want a job to Brock Lesnar and walked out hours in advance, so they had time to rewrite the show. Same exact thing happened. So when you take a step back on this company, (laughs) a lot of bad stuff's about to go down for them. Stephanie is Stephanie McMahon, great at PR. Triple H, great at finding talent and, and, and putting it to use. Vince McMahon, great at the creative side. But internally, wrestling has all of its demons, and they're about to be on full, full blast. We'll take a break, and then we'll come back and close the show. 
here on Off the Edge. Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Very hot this afternoon, partly to mostly sunny. The chance of a few isolated storms through the evening hours. The high today, 98. The low tonight, 73. Tomorrow and Sunday, the sky's sunny both days and not as humid. Highs between 92 and 95. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best new analysis in T-Town. Hey, I got a stat for you. Off the Edge with Jacob Harrison continues on Tide 100.9. The Closing it down here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. It's been a fun week. Joe Gaither here, Jacob Harrison here, J.R. Moore, Will Miller all helping us out today. Hope you had some fun today. Tomorrow night, movies in the park, Saturday, yeah, that's that's what tomorrow is, 8 p.m., about sundown at Government Plaza, we're going to watch The Wizard of Oz, it's on a 30-foot screen, it's completely free, you can bring a cooler, a picnic basket, whatever you need, there's also going to be uh, vendors on site as well, the only rule is not to bring alcohol, everything else, do what you got to do to have some fun. Massive, massive crowds the past two weeks, so uh, let's keep the momentum going and continue to have a fun time. Hope you all have a good Father's Day weekend. If you celebrate Juneteenth as well, hope you uh, have a good time with that as well. I mean, Deontay Wilder is going to be in town. The Jay Barker Show is up next here on Tide 100.9. She's okay. Keep her away, she's